The Lord be with you and with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum by the sea, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali, that what had been said through Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, and land of Naphtali, the way by the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sit in darkness have seen a great light. On those dwelling in land, overshadowed by death, light has arisen. From that time on, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew. Casting a net into the sea, they were fishermen. He said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. He walked along from there and saw two other brothers. James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left their boats and their father and followed him. He went around all of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and curing every disease and illness among the people. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. On behalf of the parish, and I think I want to speak to the, the candidates and the catechumens, what a great joy as, as we see you today as we, as we do the second rite of acceptance, that you're on your way to join our Christian family. So again, what a great joy and, and thanksgiving we have for, for you to, to make this preparation. I know it's a lot of time and effort, but I have good news for you. When you finally enter into full communion with the church, the Christian life will not get any easier. <laughs> it will not get any easier. For all of us here who strive to be faithful to Jesus Christ, to try to follow him with our whole hearts and mind and strength, we all know that one day, Life will hit us hard, and tremendous suffering will come, and just because we're Christian 
doesn't mean we're immune to the crosses of life. And there will come a temptation, I guarantee you. Because anybody who has walked the Christian life and taken the spiritual life seriously, at one day, when that suffering comes, a little voice will come as well. And it will say to you and I, See, I told you, God is not good. God is not your father. Stop praying. Stop coming to Mass. What difference does it make anyway? Oh, I guarantee you, when suffering hits us, that will come and we'll be tempted to abandon God because we'll say, well, you abandoned me first. (laughs) But let me tell you, that voice is a lie. Pure lies. Do not listen to that voice when that day comes. I say this because these readings today, these powerful readings, testify to this lie of the evil one. So, we begin now. Jesus is at the Sea of Galilee. And the Gospel tells us that there are two funny names. That Jesus begins, he lives by the, by the, by the sea in Capernaum, in the region of Zebulon and Naphtali. Zebulon and Naphtali. When you, make sure when you leave, make sure you grab a bulletin. In it, the front cover of the bulletin there is a photo from 2008. I was still a seminarian in Rome, and the seminary takes a group of us to, to the Holy Land. And we get to see these funny places. Because oftentimes when we hear names like Zebulon and Naphtali, we think, where, where is that place? It might as well be on, on Mars. It's so foreign to us. But if you've ever been blessed to, to go to the Holy Land on pilgrimage, it's amazing. It looks normal. We went to the Sea of Galilee to kind of give you a perspective, an idea. It reminded me when we went there that Galilee looks a lot like Lake Tahoe. Minus the trees, the million-dollar mansions, and all those irritating tourists. Just So re- remove that from your mind, and there you're at the Sea of Galilee. And it's tranquil, peaceful. There are no neighborhoods or, or cities surrounding the Sea of Galilee. It's remarkably rural. Jesus begins there. Why Zebulon and Naphtali? To understand how the first century hearers, because remember, When we read sacred scripture, try to read it from the perspective and the eyes of a first century Jew. Then all of a sudden, the drama begins to jump out. So let me set the stage for us. So in the year 975 BC, so about a thousand years before Jesus arrives on the scene, we have the 12 tribes of Israel. Because remember, when, when, when God chose the Jewish people to be his chosen people, he formed them into 12 tribes. 
to be a family around him. But sadly, in 975, and we see this in 1 Kings chapter 12, what often happens times in our families, especially if you grew up with brothers and sisters, what do brothers and sisters do when they grow up? They live in utter harmony. There's no fighting, right? We sing hallelujah all day long, and we hold hands, and we hug and kiss every, every evening, right? Brothers and sisters, we all do that, don't we? No! Brothers and sisters and families, we fight. And mom and dad yells at us. Stop fighting with your brothers and sisters. But sadly, in 975, the 12 tribes are fighting. And God tells them, do not split up. I formed you to become one family. Did they listen? Do your kids listen? Do we listen? No. So what happens is that the 12 tribes split into two kingdoms. The tribes in the north, Israel, so 10 tribes, and then two tribes of Judah in the south. So they split. The siblings break apart. Ten versus two. So that's the context. And then all of a sudden, we jump to the first reading today from the prophet Isaiah, which is quoted in the gospel today. This is why they paired in the reading. Isaiah is preaching in the eighth century. At that time period, the Assyrian Empire is the dominant force on the planet. The Assyrians swoop down and they attack the ten tribes. The first two tribes to be killed and decimated by the Assyrians are Zebulon and Naphtali. So kind of get a sense again, because we're so far removed from this context that we don't quite it, it's, it just flows off of us, but we don't quite get the impact of it. So parents in here, imagine if you had 12 kids. And 10 of those kids were kidnapped or killed. I know that's a heavy sentiment to think about, but, um, uh, but that's what the Jews would have felt. Because the 10 tribes are wiped out by the Assyrians. And the first two kids to be killed are Zebulon and Naphtali. But in the prophet Isaiah, what he says to them, as sad as this is, now listen to the first reading. Land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali, the people who sit in darkness have seen a great light, and on those dwelling in the land overshadowed by death, see death, light has arisen. So what Isaiah is telling the people in the 8th century is that, yes, the Assyrian Empire has wiped out the 10 tribes. They're gone. But God has not forgotten them. One day, God will, scat will, will, will again go to the scattered lost tribes 
and gather them back again into his family. This was a prophecy that one day they will return and God will lead them back again. So that's the 8th century BC. For eight centuries, the Jewish people are waiting. They're waiting for this day to come. Now enter the gospel. Jesus appears, and he's in by the sea, by Capernaum. And then the Jewish people notice, Jesus is beginning in the region of Zebulon and Naphtali. Immediately they would have said, wait a minute, I, I recognize this. What's going on here? He's in the region of Zebulon and Naphtali. And then, all of a sudden, as he's walking by the Sea of Galilee, and I'm quoting the Gospel today, he sees two brothers, and he begins to call them. He calls Peter. Who's Peter? Our first Pope. He calls Peter for the first time. He calls his brother Andrew, James, and John. He calls the first four of eventually what will become his disciples. Faithful Catholics, how many disciples will he call? Twelve. Why twelve? Immediately again, now, if, if I'm a first century hearer, how am I seeing this, this unfold before my very eyes? Jesus is beginning in the land of Naphtali and Zebulon. Jesus is calling the disciples, which will eventually become the twelve. If I'm a first century hearer, all of, us, all of a sudden I'm saying, Isaiah is being fulfilled. I've been waiting for this for eight centuries. Jesus, in him, is going to call the twelve, and he is now going to rebuild the family of God, which was decimated. But even more so, and this is the beauty of our God, the beauty of our Heavenly Father, is that God will take the promise of Isaiah, and he will expand it for the whole world. You see, at that time period, they thought, oh, he's just going to rebuild the Jewish people again. No. Jesus will open up the family to God to the rest, the cultures and countries of the world. You and I. Do you see how lavishly merciful and loving our Father is? You see, the first century hero, when they see Naphtali, Zebulon, Jesus calling Father Peter, Father Andrew, Father James, and Father John, which will become the first priests. They knew precisely what was happening now. Is that in Jesus Christ, God is rebuilding his family. God never forgets us. God never forgets us. And I want to yell that from the top of my lungs because I know when suffering hits us, we will think, forget you, God. I don't need you anymore. I'm all alone. None of the suffering has any meaning. I'm just by myself. I'm just going to watch football all day long. Not going to go to church. I'm just going to sit here and, and be mad and angry at you. That day will come. 
Do not listen to that voice. God has come in Jesus Christ. And he's rebuilding our family. He has not forgotten the lost tribes. And he will not forget us. All we have to do is hold on tight. Cling to the cross. And we say, all right, Jesus, I'm not letting go. I'll follow you to the end. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.